Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toffee, toffee. Hello and welcome to A Workout Wonderland. Uh, this is the radio show for the Liverpool 5, Arsenal 5, in brackets, penalties 5-4, Carabao Cup post-game show. Um, well, thank you everybody in the chat box. I'll start with that first on positive notes. Uh, who was first in there? I think it was Bag of Dicks. Got an early chat with in there. DJ Samuel, Gunner93, J-Rob's in there. Gabrielle came in nice and early with a donation for us as well. Thank you very much. I also mentioned where those donations will be going this month uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, some guy called Danny, the GFP, is in there. Ed Loud, fresh from his walk uh, last weekend for the Palace game. But let's get into it and introduce the two people I've got with me. Uh, one of them was late, but it's probably not the one you'll think. So I'll introduce him first. Carl, how's it going? You weren't late. No, I wasn't. No, my trains run better than NHS waiting time. So there's a reason <laughs> for uh, that. But hello, Josh, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm great, thank you. Can I just say unlucky? <laughs> it's very unlucky from the poor fucker. No, I, I think it's just bad defending. So initially the ball goes out wide. I'm sure it's to Ox, isn't it? Ox plays the ball in. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I don't understand what Kalashnach is doing so high up the pitch. Uh, leaves the whole, leaves the guy to run, uh, sorry, leaves Chamberlain to run into the space in behind because he's so high up the pitch. Um Rob Holding tries to stop the cross, doesn't, you know, makes a decent uh, uh, try. Ball comes in. Now, Mustafi has Brewster behind him. So if he tries to trap the ball with his left leg, I think he gets it. But it goes with his right leg for some unknown reason. So, and it's very unlucky. The ball ricochets in off his, off his, right, off his right leg, onto his left knee, into the goal. If you tried that 10 times, it's never going to happen again. I, I totally understand. However, Josh Knight, he's got to go with his um, right leg. If he goes with his right leg, he gets he can easily boot the ball into touch or up the pitch. Why he decides to slide, I have no idea. You know, this 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 thing about Mustafi likes to go to the ground. And I was one of the people who was like, oh, whatever, shut up. But he genuinely just likes to slide. He, he That's the way he defends. And that's the way he's been taught to defend and... I guess so be it, but there's no reason for him not to go with his other leg. And I know you can say, you know, that's his weak foot, but he's a professional footballer. Surely he can kick the ball with his other leg. And the, yes, it was unlucky. Very, very unlucky. I, I totally understand. However, there's no excuse for that. He That could have been prevented. And it's a typical Arsenal goal. Like we just, we're our own worst enemy. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I agree with you that it's definitely unlucky. Uh, I'm not sure if he's fully to blame for it, though. I can see why he'd slide at that point. Maybe it's a sign that I'm a terrible defender as well, that I can, I can uh, agree why I'd slide for it. 
because I don't know exactly where that ball's going. And a slide I mean, is a good horizontal way of making my body as wide as possible and trying to cut that ball out. But and don't you think if he went with his right foot, he could have cleared that ball back to where it came from into to, for a throw-in if it kicked uh, it as no, hard Mustafi, as No, Mustafi, if he goes with his right foot, he's going to put all his body weight into his left and he's putting it into the top corner because he's going to stroke, he's going to sweep across that ball. He's not going to tap it straight back towards where it came, in my opinion anyway. Uh, but it's just, it is one of those. It could only happen to Mustafi, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. He tries and does something right and it bounces off his knee and goes in. I, I agree that it, that could only happen to him. And I think the goal, I just think it was preventable. Like, I just think that if he'd sort of gone with his other foot, I, I don't know. I just think I'm, I'm 100% certain that that ball goes into Rosehead in, for a throwing. Just hit it back from where it came from. So it, it was unlucky. I'll give you that, definitely. Yeah, should we move on to the next goal? Because we've got a few to go through. Actually, quickly before that, uh, Stuart Shepherd, thank you so much for your donation. Uh, a few Australian dollary dues in there. So another man from down under, I think, unless they're Austrian dollar, which is probably not going to go with Australian. But let's talk about little Lucas and his goal straight off the bat. Carl, do you want to talk us through this one as well? Yeah, so um, I think the ball... First of all, it came to Martellini, didn't it? Um, he sort of done a swivel in the box, hit it across, and I think Torreira just missed it. Then it goes out to Ozil. Ozil hits the ball back into um, Maitland-Niles. Maitland-Niles uh, hits the ball back to Ozil. Ozil squares it to Saka. Saka then has a shot. The goalkeeper saves it, and Lucas hits it into the um, goal. Was there a hint of offside? Yes, it was. If VAR was in this game, it would have chalked it off, I personally think. But you know what? You take the rubber of the green, like, you take the rough of the smooth. Um, we'll get on to the reason why I'm going to say this. Um, but I genuinely think that it was a good goal. And we'll get on to the Urza debate later on, but it just shows why I think he should be in the squad for things like this, just because... You know, uh, with Urza on the pitch, does that goal get scored? Probably not. Um, his vision is, is just brilliant. Um, so, yeah, and if, I think it was uh, Torreira, uh, right place, right time, I think. Uh, I'm not, I'll am not. i be honest with you, I don't think he's a number eight. I think he's a number six. But, you know, he obviously been told to get up the pitch and get into the box, and he did that, and that's how we managed to score the goal. Yeah, I mean... Should our defensive midfielder be like the fox in the box for us? That's my only question about it. No, you're hoping that another player would have taken the uh, the, the 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 mantle and been up there. You know, maybe a Willock should have been there instead, or a Saka should have been in there. But you know what? As long as the ball goes into the back of the net, then <laughs> I don't really care who scores. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right, because we've got what. How many more goals to go? A few. Loads. We're going to fly through and it appears Ellis and the Norwich internet gremlins have got to him. Uh, so it just looks like it's just you, you and me, Carl. All right. No worries. Right. So but the third Martinelli. goal was Martinelli. Um, again, the ball goes out wide. Uh, Maitland-Niles plays the ball in. Bit of ricochet from the goalkeeper. Martinelli, uh, Fox in the box as he is, uh, puts the ball high into the roof of the net. Where the goalkeeper can't get it and makes it two one. Yeah, do you think? What do you reckon to how we were coming into the game at that point? 
to be honest. Because at that point, we were taking control of the game, and I was happy. I was thinking, okay, we're starting to find our feet now. We're starting to uh, play like we can play against this team, against the Liverpool team, because let's face it, the Liverpool team had their C team out. So we should have controlled that game from the get-go. Um, personally, I I think that what we were doing up until that point was how the game should have been played. We were controlling it. But then, because um, we then got our third goal to make it uh, 3-1 after that, didn't we? Yeah, because it was 3-1. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the Martinelli goal with, yeah, Mesut with another good, with yes, great bit so, of pressing. Yeah, uh, two Liverpool players try to play the ball to each other. Mesut closes the ball down, plays it into Saka. Uh, Martinelli is in the box all alone, and if he had missed, I probably would have beaten him up. But uh, Saka, nice um, ball cross goal, and he puts um, into the net. So, and that was three one. And at that point, I'm thinking, yeah. For some strange reason, I was happy and I allowed myself to believe that, oh, 3-1 away to Liverpool. There's no way they're coming back, especially with the team that they had out. Like I thought to myself, you know, I was comfortable. I was happy. Oh, how wrong I was. Oh, definitely. And we've just got uh, Michael Hanneman has come in with a uh, nice donation for us as well. Thank you very much. And he's got a question as well, Carl, and I'll ask this because I think it's personal at this moment uh, around Meza Ozil and what you thought of his performance because you know that what you reckon uh, to it and whether or not we, sh- we should have taken him off no my I don't think so I think that just invited pressure like I don't understand why he took off Ozil Ozil's fresh hasn't played a game for ages Ozil wasn't blowing out of his ass. Um I genuinely don't think Ozil should have come off I see what I'm hoping is that it took off Ozil to keep him fresh for Saturday. Probably not. Um, um, we'll get into the reason why later, but um, I just don't think that taking off Ozil uh, for Gunduzi made any sense, m- any sense whatsoever. It just, it just, Gunduzi is a player you'd put on if you was protecting a lead. At that point, it was. F- Four, four, I want to say it was. It was four, yeah, four. So that was just stupid. You don't take him off um, when you're four, four trying to chase a goal because he was making things happen. Up to that point, I would honestly say, Barry Martinelli, Urza was our best player. Yeah, I, I could get behind that totally. Uh, so let's go into because we've got Martinelli's second goal, but then in the forty-second minute, Martinelli leaves a leg out. Should we do that? Be kind to the uh, Liverpool player that then dives over it? I think it was a total dive. And I think if VAR was in this game, it would have ruled that out. And again, uh, the reason why I'm not that bothered by it, because our, like I said, the Martellini, um sorry, the Torreira first goal was offside. And this one was a dive. So it kind of, in the grand scheme of things, it kind of evened itself out. I want to say maybe, but yeah, I personally, I'm not just looking at this with Arsenal tinted glasses on. I genuinely think he dived. Um, Yeah. You could say, you could be kind, Josh, you're right. And you could say he left the leg and he invited it. If if that makes sense. Um, You know, he invited the incident, but you know, like I said, I think it evened itself out. um, If I'm really honest and Milner stepped up and Milner does what Milner does and uh, scores. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I agree with the VAR. It's one of those, the one game we don't get VAR in and we're like, oh, you know what? It would have been like equal, wouldn't it, in the end? Yeah, it, it would have been. And then um, the Maitland-Niles goal for two, yes. So this goal yeah. was a thing of beauty. I don't care what anyone says. It was lovely. Uh, Milner tries to play it back to the goalkeeper. Maitland-Niles pounces upon it, rounds the goalkeeper, but is run the ball too far. Um, Ozil runs to the near post, uh, back heels it, uh, and then Maitland-Niles puts the ball back in. Again, without Ozil on the pitch, that goal doesn't get scored. I don't care anyone says that goal does not, because no one was going to be in that position that Ozil in. Like, Willock was nowhere near there. Martellini wasn't. So, I don't... Whoever would have been played in front, in place of Ozil, would not have been in that position for them to do that. So, for me, that was brilliant. And then the celebration at the at the end, Ezra just leans onto the um, the holding with his arms folded, like, do you see why you should play me? Um, absolutely um, brilliant. But I think that goal was, I know we'll talk about the next two goals, but for me, that was probably the goal of the night. Just the, 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 the play um, and what happened. What do you think about it, Josh? Yeah, I thought absolutely superb work again. Uh, you know, it's it's great to see Mesut making that kind of run beyond the ball as well. Mm. You don't always see that from him, and to see him coming to come in there and then basically follow it in because we've seen it before. You know, where he'd kind of play it to the striker and they just let the striker go on with it. Yeah, just go, well, you score. You know, I've given you the pass, but to follow that in and make sure because he had to be there. If he wasn't there, that just goes out for a corner because kind of miss or miscontrols it and just yeah. or even worse as a goal kick and we just completely lose that and yeah he brings that right back in yeah I think uh, the back heel was just absolutely brilliant and you're right I genuinely think if Erza's not there it goes out for a corner and um, it just goes yeah. doesn't it the whole move dries down but yeah. a quick question to the chat box whilst they're in there as well so as we're rattling through some of these uh, we can see of course as well as Jason isn't here, one of us has got to do it. 176 of you watching right now. I've only got 50 thumbs up. To be fair, I'm surprised it's 50. So congratulations to all of you. We must have a Meza Ozil in there creating a lot of vibes and getting some <laughs> getting some thumbs up in there. But if you could give us a nice thumb, thumbs up, that'd be great because I can see people like Joe Madeira, 1993 in there, uh, Milk Magnesia in there, Junior Gunner, Russ Morgan... Uh, that already mentioned Michael Harneman, formerly Noza, Joshua Page, who I think is just trying to work out if he's uh, what he's getting for Chinese. Fair play to him. Uh, Zoidberg as well. Uh, all you guys in there are going great. And I've got a question for you as well. And Carl's already put it in there. What was oh, your goal of the night? <laughs> what was your goal of the night? Great so, right, For all the people that aren't listening to us, just here for the visuals. They can uh, they can read your question as well, and yeah, if you can collect those up, and we'll see who we'll do a little vote, work out who's who's was the best. If anyone says Oxley Chamberlain, though, get the fuck out. Well, that's the next one <laughs> to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> it is right. Should we talk about that thunder bastard? Let's let's be honest. It was a good goal, wasn't it? I, I know we hate to say it, we really do, but it was a flipping good strike. It really, really was. He uh, just robbed the ball um, from. 
I want to say make the nails, make the nails again goes with his wrong foot. Make the nails goes with his right foot instead of using his left foot just to boot up the pitch. I don't. I have a problem, Josh, and I, not that sort of problem. So I understand that um, people have a preferred foot. I totally understand. Messi is left footed. Uh, there are some of the greatest players. I remember Davo Suka played for Arsenal. He was the most left-footed player in the whole entire world. However, as a professional footballer, you should be able to kick the ball with your other foot. Would you, would you kind of agree with that? I think certainly at that level. I right. think so. Like, I've totally got a preferred leg to slide on. I'm left-footed. Hmm. So for some reason, I can't slide my right. So I always force someone onto my left so I can get a slide tackle in. And it's one of those kind of things that it's it's kind of hard. You get to that kind of elite level to be so one footed, but we have seen it. There are players like that. And I totally understand. Now, the reason why I'm saying this, and I'm not trying to just singly um, uh, Ainsley making the nails out, but he tries to clear the ball, but instead of clearing the ball with, his left foot just to boot it up the pitch. He tries to do an awkward, he takes a step back to try and kick the ball with his oh for fuck's sake. Look at, <laughs> look, look at him. He just looks angry. Look at him. You can just look, he just looks angry, doesn't he? <laughs> for the visuals, just to let everyone know, Jason Davies has just entered <laughs> our chat box and the look on his face, Jesus Christ. Anyway, let me just get through this before he absolutely goes mad at players. So instead of um, Ainsley McNanile trying to kick it with his other foot, he tried to take a step back to give him more of a balance to keep it with his more awkward foot. And that gives Ox the chance to steal the ball from him. And then it's all she wrote, really. Like, I hate giving other uh, other, uh, players praise. I hate it. But it was a fucking good goal. And I'm going to enter Jason on this. Jason, I know you hate it. I know you don't want to give other people praise, but you got to give credit where credit's due, right? Um, the, the the ox goal. Yeah, the ox goal. Uh, what a finish! Um, he's been clever. He's um, he's nipped in. I don't know if anybody's given Maitland Niles the shout. Yeah, know? we've we've gone about that. Why he went? With his where, where, where are your two central midfielders? Okay, that's the area that that, that he's in there. That he's covering two central mids should be there. Right now, where's your right back in? Um, Hector, right? Um, there's a whole host of things today where you know everybody's chucking the blame at certain players. But the truth of the matter is, there's a whole host of mistakes in the lead up to most of the goals, right? That's my opinion on it. But my God, what a finish! There were some cracking goals, and that was an absolute screamer. You know, one touch, hit, back of the net. Fantastic. Um, you know, we always knew he had that in him. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, you know, it, it, it's one of those games tonight, boys. It's just a shame, Jace, isn't it? Because normally Ox hits one of those and he's on the losing side. <laughs> normally Ox hits one of those. <laughs> normally Ox hits one of those and it ends up in bloody um, uh, in Everton's ground. In yeah, Park, do you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Josh, do you yeah, think definitely. that the goalkeeper should have done better or not? Because we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, it was kind of at him. I think the best way I can kind of describe it, a little bit like, did anybody see Pascal Gross's free kick against Everton at the weekend, where it's mm. straight up Pickford, 
yeah, he's got a lot of power behind it, but it's still straight at the goalkeeper. And I'd expect Martinez to put get something on it, anything. Yeah, but that was curving, wasn't it? You know, there was a, that was there was so movement. He's got two hands. Stick one where he thinks it's going, another okay. hand near it. Oh, are, you, are you boys in that sort of mood tonight? I, I think we might be. I think we might be. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But yeah, um, that's, that's where I'm at with that goal, to be honest. I know, you know, he's let a lot go through him, to be honest. And probably picking him up for one of the goals that perhaps he's at least at fault. But I expect my goalkeeper to do a little bit more for it, to be honest. Uh, he was just generally quite weak. I think for most of the game. Yeah, uh, I don't think Martin had the best game, and and then the the first Origi goal. Yeah, um, it's almost like the Red Sea um, or the Blue Sea, I should say, because the young Liverpool lad literally just ran straight through the midfield, not a challenge at all. Plays it into Origi. Origi does a spin move. He takes out both our centre backs at the same time, and hits it. Um, into straight out Martinelli personally, I think. Uh, he could have done better with that one. Hits Martinelli's hand and goes into the goal. Now, I think Martinelli could have done better. I think that our two centre-backs could have done better. I think that Torreira could have done better. I think Willock could have done better. It is just a, a comedy of errors in that goal. But the fact that Origi uh, got the ball, spun, and took out both our centre-backs at the same time, that is shocking. That is absolutely ridiculous that he can do that. Yeah. It does, it, uh, there's a couple of flip sides to this, okay, you know. First of all, that was excellent movement from Origi. Yeah. Okay, you know, that that's quality play. If it's Thierry Henry doing that, we're talking about how fabulous he is and how, you know, it takes him as a superman to, um, uh, to, to sort of deal with him. Okay, Origi, you know, he took some really great goals tonight. Um, you know, if you want to be brutally honest, Rob Holding had a fucking awful game. Yeah, okay? I think so. Awful, awful game. John Willock, up until his goal, was shit. Right? Saka couldn't string a couple of passes together. It's a midweek team, okay, who scored five goals away at Anfield. Some very, very good goals. We showed some really good moments. But it's still a midweek team where, you know... You, you look at it, Mesut Ozil involved in all three opening goals, okay, playing really, really well, taken off. You know? Well, let's go into that, because that's the next thing I've got on there. And you mentioned the player that I thought perhaps was the one that would have come off in Joe Willock, because at the moment in time, we had no control of the midfield at that point. Liverpool had got the game in their perfect area. You know, when Klopp's got that kind of perfect chaos for him. Nobody's got control of this game, but Liverpool have got all this pace and power coming through and just relentless. So what did you think, Carl, with that kind of move of bringing off Meza Ozil and almost like shoring up that midfield with Torreira, Willock and Guendouzi rather than doing perhaps a straighter swap of Willock coming off? No, I, I think Ozil should have stayed on. I think at that point, you're chasing the game, aren't you? Because... It's 4-4 and all the momentum is with Liverpool. Now, what are you trying to do? Are you, you trying to get the game to go to penalties or are you trying to win the game? With Liverpool, with the team that Liverpool had, they had a bunch of teenagers on the pitch. You know, let's, let's just keep it 
honest right now, Liverpool's C team right now we lost to. And they had a bunch of teenagers on the pitch. Now, no matter who on our sub-bench came on, we had an extremely strong sub-bench. Um, personally, Ozil should have stayed because he was pulling strings at that time. He was finding his rhythm and he was getting into it. Like, why would you... Someone's right in the middle of having such a good game. Like, it's almost like... Um, I, I, we'll get onto this later, but it's almost like Emre said, oh, you're having a bit too much fun there. Um, I'm going to take you off. And it's kind of like, what? Like, he was absolutely pulling the strings for that game and you take him off for... For someone like um, Granduzzi, Granduzzi, who uh, uh, he's not the yes, he can. He's the sort of person that will drive the ball forward, but is he known for his assist? Um, no, is he known for his goals? No, not really. So, what? Unless you were just trying to shore things up to try and earn the draw to take it to penalties, I don't see what the reason why uh, the swap for Granduzzi for Ozil was. So, Jace, just. Just to you, when we did see Guendouzi coming on, we the game kind of slowed down a little bit, didn't it? We kind of gained some more control back in that. Do you um, agree with that compared to when it was with Ozil? I, no, I don't think we we gained more control, funny enough. I, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, the plan was, Emily saying the plan was to play Mezzet for 65 minutes. Well, you're actually seeing Mezzet Ozil in his pomp, okay? Contributing to the game, being creative, Winning the ball high up the park, you know, putting a real shift in, like he has done in every game he's played from preseason through. Run him into the ground, give him real match fitness, leave him go, test his limits. Okay. When Gwenduzi came on, I thought I don't, I didn't think we looked more solid at the back. I thought the game was, you know, it was a real sort of match, you know, back and forth. I don't think it really changed that much. In, in, in truth be told, in my opinion, you may you know you may look at it from a different perspective and think, oh, you thought we gained a bit more control. We certainly lacked more creativity. Do you know what I mean? We, we weren't yeah, creative definitely. Any but we couldn't get the ball to our creative players because our midfield was shot to pieces at that beginning of the second half, and it was because of I think Willock was just overrun, wasn't he? Well, we look just had a bad day at the office. You know, you, you look at Saka, you look at Willock, you look at all these youngsters. It's learning curve time. Okay. I keep on saying it. Right? You know, you're not expecting these kids to be the finished articles yet. Right? Nobody's uh, Patrick. There are hardly any Patrick Vieiras who are going to control a Premier League game at 19 years of age. They're just not. Okay. So, you know, you just want these guys to learn a bit from the game to take something out of it, to, you know, to build performance, to build those minutes in the bank. Now, yeah, Willock was shot to pieces. If you'd have, if you'd have replaced Gwenduzi with Willock, I'd have thought that would have been a sensible option, like you said. You know, the man you thought who'd come off, um, as it happens, he goes and smashes in a cracker afterwards, okay? <laughs> you know, much to everybody's surprise. And what a, what a beauty it was. But that would have been the same, the sensible, the ambitious substitution, um, you know. But we are where we are. Well, let's talk through that thunder bastard, Carl. Uh, he gets the ball. I think Gwendozi gets the ball, doesn't he? Um, and plays it to Willock. And Willock just runs. And I think Willock, do you know the ones where you're tired and you just think, you know what, fuck this, I'm just going to hit it. Like I don't care. Uh, hits it. Uh, 
And when it leaves his foot, you're thinking, because I was like, oh, what the fuck are you? Oh, my God, what a goal. Because I was about to say, what are you doing, <laughs> you dickhead? That. But do you know what? You give someone the credit, and that was absolutely beautiful. Like Jason said, I think that was an absolutely wonderful goal. Like, I'm not just saying this. I think it was better than Knox's. I really, really do. Just because of how he ran with the ball. And, yeah, it was a thing of beauty. And credit to him. You know what? I, I, you can't take nothing away from him. Yeah, he didn't have a good game. But at the end of the day, he's got his name on the score sheet. And, you know, at that point, at 5-4 or 4-5, you was thinking, you know what? Maybe, just maybe. Like, I thought there was going to be another goal in there. I genuinely did. Uh, but you were starting to believe at that point that, you know, oh, maybe we could actually win this. Do, do you know what I loved about that, okay? He's had a tough day at the office and he's still got the ambition to take that shot on. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? He's still got the balls. He's still got the ambition to take that shot on. And, you know, you, you, when you say hitting the ball from that far out, you can talk luck, you can talk, you can talk whatever you want, okay? But to have the self-belief, to have the, you know, to, to have the, the ball to take that shot on at that point... Magnificent, magnificent! It was a bloody belter. Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. It was. It really was that just under the top corner, and I thought at that point, wow, um, we could go on to win this. And congratulations to him. You know, no matter if that was out of anger, if it was skill, like you said, Jason, you could talk skill, you can talk luck, you can talk place with all you want. At the end of the day, he took the shot on, and he scored, and that's really. Uh, that's all that matters, really. Mm. I agree. What do yeah. you think of that, then, Josh? Well, what can I say? I was I was eating humble pie, I think I should say, <laughs> on that one, going, oh, why didn't you take Willock off? And then he does that. And you're like, ah, oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> someone, someone, someone knows more than me, uh, who going by Twitter, I don't think he does. Uh, but we saw a couple of other subs as well. I think that was almost like Willock was like, oh, right, I've just seen my number going into the board. What can I do to keep myself on the pitch for a few more minutes? Right, I'll try this. So we saw little Lucas come off and Sabios come on and then Kalasinic for Tierney. What did you make for those two subs, Carl? The first one made no sense to me. You win your 5-4, why would you dare not keep... Um, Fuck, can you take off? Um, Little Lucas. Lucas Torreira. Why would you not keep him on? That, for me, being on Sabayos made no sense. No sense whatsoever. And this is the reason why... We'll talk about um, the manager later, but this is the reason why people question him. Why would you not play your club's best defensive midfielder in the defensive midfielder role and just tell him to sit back? But no, you take him off like, for some unknown reason because... So this is what I don't understand. At 4-4, when you're chasing the game, you take off a creative midfielder. At 5-4, when you should be defending the game, you take off a defensive midfielder and try to put another uh, creative midfielder. I can see why people question him. I genuinely can see why people question him and why people want him out. I am one of those people, but we'll talk about that later. But for me, that made no sense. And uh, Kolesan actually was injured, so I can see the reason why uh, you took him off uh, Tierney. Yeah, Jace, any thoughts on those subs? Or should we move on to the, uh, the 93rd-minute goal? 
It took him a while to get class in that shot, didn't it? Um, they, they were calling for that for a bit. Um, the the, the Torreira substitution, I don't know. I, I, I thought he'd run his race again, somebody with not a lot of football in his legs recently. I, th- I thought he was struggling at that point. But um, I, I, look, I, just, I just look at the moment and I just think, I don't think there's a lot of... Um, uh, I think Unai sees his dream game and the way it develops. Do you know what I mean? He has he has an idea of how he wants the game to develop. It never quite goes like that. So um, uh, yeah, you know, because to be fair to Sabayos, I don't see what he's offered us recently. So he played really well in the standard of the age game. Other than that, a very very skillful player, but his contribution is absolutely bang average. I mean, you might as well have Cochrane in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's like with... Uh, I was to say, if he was actually playing defensive midfield, it'd be fine, right? Yeah, instead of playing uh, <laughs> this box-to-box nonsense. And this is why, uh, again, I... Uh, as fans, as and as we can, as spectators, we can question Emery and ask some questions. Why? Uh, why would you not play him in defensive midfielder when he was the best defensive midfielder in Italy when we first bought him? Do you know, it's, it's things like that that he gets questioned on, and the reason why people do want him out because the decisions that he makes. And I know people will say, "Well, he knows more about football than you forgot," and not necessarily. Um, just because he's in the position that he's in doesn't mean he no. Well, it might do. I don't know, but I can see why people question him, and he just makes really, really wrong decisions. It seems. I got. I got to be honest, okay. You know, all this thing. Oh, he knows more about football than you've ever forgot. He, he's forgotten more about football than you'll ever know. Bullshit. Have you seen the teams that fucking idiot puts out? I yeah, think? I mean that was certainly the case with Wenger. I completely agree that the, on that know, one. Not, but yeah, not being funny. The thing. This is the thing, okay, though. Football managers, certain situations suit them brilliantly. It's perfect. It's a nice fit. Everything goes their way. Okay. And other situations, right, or, you know, there's not, not something not quite right. The man, you know, the, the, the club doesn't fit the, the, the ethos that the manager has. It doesn't make them good or bad managers. It just means it doesn't work at certain clubs. Do, do you know what I mean? And, and it's this thing of, they no more knew they got coaching badges. I see a lot of donkeys around there with coaching badges. They don't know anything about football. You know, it, it, it's just, it's not always easy, is it? No, Jason. I mean, half those pundits have got coaching badges. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, Can I ask a question, both of you, just real quickly? Do you think the job is too big for Emery? And I'm, I'm saying that because I know people say, well, he managed PSG, but the team they had at PSG, he should have kicked with the league every league. And I know he lost hey, that from one Chris of the Chris Carpenter could have won the Black League, okay, with that team. <laughs> but yeah. do, you, do you honestly think that this job at Arsenal is a bit too big for him? I'd Josh, say you know no. First? Yeah, I'd say no. I don't think it's too big for him. Maybe we've got an inflated thought of how big a club we are. I don't know. But PSG is a pretty massive job for any manager. You know, but with the team that he had, I'm not being rude. I know I, know I would say the French League and all sorts. But with the team that he had against the place that he had, and that let's face it, that Monaco team that uh, won the league that year was an exceptional team. It was absolutely 
it just the the plays that they had were just ridiculous. But with all the money that um, he had to spend, he should have won the league every single year, and he didn't. So, but he also doesn't work. spend that because he's not a manager; he's a head coach. You know, the I, the guys upstairs bought the players for him. Do you think that Unai Emery, the manager that we now see? would have said, I want Neymar and Mbappe in his team. No, he'd have asked for two new fullbacks. He wouldn't have asked for two attacking wingers in that regard. <laughs> his best success came with when he was with Monchi in Seville. And you know what? Monchi's greatest success came when he was under or working with Unai Emery. There was that, as great, Jace just said, sometimes you find great coaching pairs. Mm. You know, Great coaches need great systems, and they found the perfect system there. And it's not, and maybe it's a sign that both of those people have gone off to do separate things on their own and they've not done as well. I, I, I think it's one of those things. Okay, so I, I saw a gab from Shuwa uh, a few months ago. We were just shooting the, the breeze and what have you. And we were talking about Arsene Wenger and he said, Arsene Wenger with David Dean, invincible. Arsene Wenger post David Dean leaving, it fell apart a little bit. You know, you need that yin to your yang. I don't think the Arsenal is too big a job for anybody. I, I really don't. I think I don't think there is such a thing as too big a job out there. I just don't think Unai's embraced the role. I think he's come in with preconceived ideas and he's sticking to them. I think he's come in, he wants to do it his way. There's not been enough give from Unai or he's not embraced the challenge as he should have. And I think he overthinks things far too much. And I think he's made a rod for his own back. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like the Ozil situation where you can't have a player of of, of that quality or that um, um, quality, ability, that profile, just sit, not even in the matchday squad. You can't. Okay? And you can't keep on changing your story all the time. It's not this, it's this, it's then going on, me and the board have made this decision. You, you've got to embrace this role, you know? You saw when Arsene Wenger, well, I don't know, you, you'll be young and you, but when, uh, when Arsene Wenger came to this job, I remember thinking, who the hell is he? You know, I've never heard of you, mate. But he came in and he just embraced the role. He had a good relationship with David Dean. He embraced the role, he took it forward. I, I don't think when he's done that, and I think that's why he's, pay, he's paying. It's, it's, it's gone this way for him. I think it also doesn't help that the person he was going to do that with then fucked off to AC Milan ah, well, in yeah, December. Probably, you know, no, 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 no. Raul and Sven were the guys who got Ivan to sign this guy. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of nonsense about Ivan. I mean, you know, Ivan's higher. He's not. Raul and Sven changed his mind, you know. The reports are all there. Ivan wanted Arteta. Okay? Now... He was only ever hired as the coach. You know, we'll get you the players, you make the best of them. He didn't like the players he was getting from Sven. Raul had the power issue with Sven. Sven goes. Nothing much has really changed in his his mandate with this team. Nothing much has changed. Okay? And, And that's the problem. Nothing's changed on the pitch or off the pitch, really, for him. You know, Raul's gone and got the players that he wanted, supposedly, apart from Zaha. You know, we just haven't seen that change on the pitch. He's stuck in a rut and he ain't going to get out of it. 
Yeah, I think it's one of those. He needs direction as a man, as a head coach, doesn't he? Um, we were a bit directionless above. Do you agree with that, Carl? Look, because of all the changes we were seeing at the same time, no one was ever there to put the structure around that a head coach kind of needs because that structure was ever changing and it didn't help. Didn't I help think, him. I think for the for so long, Arsene Wenger was a be or an end of Arsenal. The buck always stopped with Arsene, didn't it? And I don't remember it's about Arsene because he's left now, but I think for so long, everything revolved around him. I think when certain people now had to start um, doing their jobs, per se, they didn't know how to do it. So I think that, yeah, maybe he did need structure. Maybe what he needed was someone to tell him, all you need to do is concentrate on, and this is what you should be doing, just concentrate on coaching the team. Your only job is to make the team win. Nothing else. You don't have to worry about anything else. You ask, you tell us who you want. We'll try and get those players. You know, I always think there should be a A, B and C list. These are my A list players. These are the players I want. If I can't get those players, then give me the players on the B list. Can't get those, give me the players on the C list. Now, like, um, I can't remember who was it, Jason or you said, um, he got every single player that he possibly wanted that we know of, apart from Zaha. But in Zaha, he got Pepe. Whether you can compare the two, you know, we don't know. However, it just seems that for me, and maybe, I don't know if I explained it wrong, saying the job's too big for him. I just think that, you, I think both of you are right when you said that um, this is literally um, a job that hasn't worked out for him. It, it just has not happened we just haven't gelled together from the get-go, you know. And I know we'll talk about, we can mention the 23 games I'm beating at the start of the season. But even then, I remember me, me you and Jason um, being on this, um, talking about the games and saying we're winning and that's all good or we're drawing, but the style of play is not good. We are playing boring football and that hasn't changed. We haven't played exciting football. I, I genuinely think of all the games that Unai has been in charge of, I can remember two games that's been exciting, and that's this one tonight and uh, 4-2 against Spurs at home last season. Apart from that, I can't remember a game where I've really enjoyed watching under Unai Emery. It's just, that's what about, ridiculous. Sorry, what, about, what about the Fulham game when all of our fans started singing We've Got Our Arsenal back? What about those? Oh, the... The one with the Aaron Ramsey goal. That, yeah, that was, <laughs> I knew Jason smiled then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that Aaron Ramsey goal was um, a thing of beauty. But even then, if, you know, that's what, three games, that, that's it. That's just, that's not good enough. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good enough um, for the fact that three games are all Una Emery's games that you can remember that we played good in. The rest of them have been shambolic and shit. So, it hasn't worked out. Now, we can sit here and we can debate about whether he should go or not. I'm sure if you were to ask the serious question, should he go? I think everyone would say yes. Uh, then it obviously leads into more questions on who do you replace him with? You know, do you give it to Freddie to the end of the season? We don't want you-know-who. I'm sorry. Uh, I really, really don't want him. And we all know who I'm talking about. Um, and then there's other names. There's, other, there's candidates out there. Arsenal is still an attractive job to take. You know, you could talk about Brendan Rodgers. I personally don't think would ever prize Brendan Rodgers out of Leicester right now, so that's off the table. You could talk about the Eddie Howes. Would you give Eddie Howe a chance? Mm, maybe. Would you wait for Allegri? Would you give it to Allegri now? Mm, 
you don't know. Like, so th- there are candidates out there. I just think that right now, Una Emery and Arsenal are not a correct fit. They're, they're just not. And it's how it comes to a point where it was in the last phase of the Arsenal era. How bad does it need to get before something's done about it? Yeah. Uh, well, you summed it up pretty well, I think, at that point. Uh, did we talk about the Origi goal, the 93rd minute one? Just thinking no, about the game. We didn't. Should... Um, we brush over it. We'll, um, brush over, we'll brush over it yeah, a bit it like was, when Doozy um, brushed over his responsibilities. It was bad, man. bad from Saka. Saka just didn't close the, the guy down to stop the cross. Very, very bad. Uh, the ball comes in, Guendouzi, ball goes over his head and... I hate to say it, great finish from Origi. It's just it's just a comedy of errors all around, wasn't it? Uh, we're just not stopping the balls coming into the box. We're not stopping the balls when they're in the box. And, you know, it, the, the, they scored. And, you know, just the, the, it hurt. Last minute, you know, it's just like, just fucking ridiculous. Why is it that Arsenal, and this seems to be a recurring theme, why can't Arsenal defend? Why can't Arsenal defend? And, I don't know. There's a systematic, fundamental thing wrong with Arsenal and their defending. Ned, I'm sorry. It's not... It's pure and simply we don't have the midfield pairing, okay, who are athletic enough and defensively minded enough to cover the back four. You know? When you're pushing your full backs that high up, okay, you're inviting pressure through. Now, you know, no disrespect to Matthew Gonduzi, he is not defensively disciplined, okay? Today, you know, you look at it, Ceballos, you know, Gunduzi, no, nobody playing that role was particularly great at it, okay? But we don't have those players in the squad. You look at sort of Liverpool, you, you know, everybody can have a pop at um, uh, Henderson, everybody can have a pop at Keita or Fabinho or whatever, but they know their role, you know? Who's the Dutch lad? When all done? Yeah. You know, the athleticism on that guy is phenomenal. You know, absolutely phenomenal. I don't think, you know, you, you saw Joe Gomez in that Liverpool defence tonight. He looks great alongside VVD playing the first team because he's got two guys screening him. Okay? You know, they, they take their defensive responsibilities seriously. We don't. I don't think, you know, I don't think we're... Yeah, if you if you brought in a Benitez for argument's sake, if you brought in a Mourinho, yeah, you know, there's a lot of piss being boiled over names and stuff like that. At the moment, Unai still the man, okay. But if you brought in two two guys like that, they would sort the defensive side of it out. They would, okay. And you know, you'd see people, you know, being given specific roles. You, you can't you can't go balls out all the time. Yeah, not unless you're going to commit, and we, you know, we haven't had that attacking edge, have we? I mean, what I would say is that that Liverpool side didn't have a defensive midfielder in it either. In right. they started with Oxley Chamberlain and, and Kaita next yeah. to Lallana, and yeah. to be fair, they conceded five. Yeah, but we had a defensive midfielder on that field for four of those goals. But he's playing, he's playing eight, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, did he play in the number six role? Because I don't think he did. Like we just talked about on the first goal, he was in the box. (laughs) What's our defensive midfielder doing that far up the pitch? So, uh, again, it boils down to 
if the manager deploying them in the wrong way is are they just ill-disciplined who knows is, 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 you could uh, ask one question in your it's, it's, leads it's, to another question but this is a problem john uh, john bernstein i really love john bernstein <laughs> you know he, he's part of the crew when he Torreira at six Guendouzi at eight doors at a ten sounds great okay but we've got Guendouzi at eight and you saw in the first goal where the one which he scored okay you saw he tried to do that little Cruyff turn that um, uh, the Rumble loved so much, okay? You know, this, this is a guy who scored an overhead against Spurs last season. You can tell he's he's not as adept as other players. Like, Will Luck in front of goal is far more effective, you know? Will Luck today was kind of missing in action. So, you know, you're, you're one man down there. You know, it, we you know we 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 don't seem settled at all, do we? You know, we don't seem settled in our midweek midfield. You know, going forward we look great, going backwards we're poor, and on the weekend midfield we just look all to hell. You know, if you're telling me Gwendozi's an eight, you know he's got an engine on him. To be fair to him, he's not got pace. He's not really creative. Defensively, he has major issues, you know, but he's young and he's going to learn. You know, he's by no means the finished article, is he? No, and I think he's a six. And Torreira is probably a four, if we're going that way. He's the defensive midfielder, proper defensive midfielder. Yeah. And Gwendoza's a four, so you need an eight in there. You don't need a ten. This, this is the thing, though. You, you have so many different options, so many different mm. perspectives. Do you know what I mean, you know? It, who knows who's right? And then, until you actually play these guys in these positions, you're never going to find out. You know, no. I've got my own views on this. I don't think they're going to be the most popular, you know, but the truth of the matter is you need to play personnel in positions they're comfortable in or positions they're effective in. And unfortunately, Unai hasn't done that. Yeah, that's not definitely. popular. That's that's standard. I mean, it's <laughs> no, a square, no. it's yeah, a square peg, round hole sort of thing, isn't it? Do you remember yeah, when Arthur Vegas? Sorry, 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 mate. What I was trying to say is the solution I'd have wouldn't be popular. You know, I, I you know, I'd be boiling some piss if I said, and I, I'll actually say it before on the show when I think I do. But you know, it definitely wouldn't be popular at the moment. Yeah, agree because it. To be honest, if you try and get them all together, we end up fielding a midfield of three defensive midfielders. In our mind, anyway, defensive midfielders. Should we talk about the penalty shootout? Um, my, I mean, like, it was nice to see a right-back stepping up first for the Arsenal and taking a penalty. That was a nice bit of nostalgia. Yeah, that's a captain, isn't it? That, that guy's a proper leader in this team. He, took yeah. the, he was like, I'm taking the first one. I'm you know, I'm the captain. I'm going it for it. It was like seeing Lee Dixon or Lauren going up. It was oh. lovely to have a right-back coming up and taking a penalty, sticking it away. No fuss. Yeah. As we uh, talk about Hector and his game, I think straight from the off, uh, well, we can either start it from the first one to come out from Sunday. And then we saw him give his jacket to the mascot because it's fucking freezing up here at the moment. Yeah, that was nice. Can I say something? I remember that dickhead in his Datsun, I'm done with you, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? All that nonsense of Hector Bellerin. And Hector just keeps on growing as a human being, as a man, as a leader in this team. 
And once he's back in the first team, they're going to start slating him again because everybody's going to ask him to play high and he's going to be missing an action. Do you know what I mean? But he's I fantastic. Mean- is it too big to say, Carl, that he's taken the mantle from Arsene Wenger in terms of the off-field part of Arsenal? Um, uh, he's young. You know, he's going to have a few mistakes in him. So you have to understand that footballers aren't robots. You know, they these guys are young millionaires. So, you know, at certain times you can think, I mean, the stuff that he does off the pitch is brilliant. You know, his charity work, you know, his um, environmental work. I love it. I think it's brilliant. But what I don't want is for us to start picking him up. And then if he does make a mistake, like uh, people say, oh, I knew it. He's not Arsenal material, yeah. he's not Captain material, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's a young millionaire, good looking guy. Like, he's going to get into, you know, something's going to happen. Uh, let's face it, do you know what I mean? And I just don't want everyone to start bigging him up. And then if he does make a mistake, then start uh, bringing him down, which is, I don't, that's what I really don't want. So, but yeah, you're right, Josh. I think today he had a very, um, he, he had a captain's game, didn't he? Um, you know, it wasn't the best, but I think he was a solid seven out of 10. I think he was uh, a proper leader today. He's, he's, yeah. got, he's got such fantastic self-belief, isn't he? Yeah. You know, in everything he does, okay, he's got self-belief, he's thoughtful, he's caring, he's competitive on the pitch. Um, I, I just think the guy is a, he, I think he's a good bloke. Bloody yeah. good bloke. And I think that's what we kind of need in this squad as well at the moment. So let's talk about some other players and their performances. Should we start with the man who divides very much opinion across the fan base and you know it's almost split with some people of their views on the manager themselves and Meza Ozil Carl what did you think of his performance I today? think he had a good game today like I'm I'm not Meza Ozil's biggest fan not in the slightest I genuinely think he was our, apart from maybe Martellini he was our best player on the pitch. Uh, he pulled the strings. He did what Mesut Ozil does. You know, he found the pockets of space. He was popping up passes here and there. He got uh, assists. There was nothing more you could have asked for from Mesut Ozil today. Maybe a goal, but, you know, but that's 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 the bit asking for too much. But I think today he had a very good game. And had he had stayed on the pitch, I think the outcome would have been different. I can't say that for sure. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, we definitely would have won 6-3 or whatever it was. But no, I think he had a very good game today. Jace, do we need to contextualise it that this was against uh, a Liverpool reserve side? I mean, they're no Ludogorets. Um, Well, let's be honest. Okay, the manager's not even putting him in the matchday squad for anything else. So he can only play what's in front of him. Yes. And he was excellent tonight. He showed exactly the same way he was against Forest, against Watford. And in pre-season, he was excellent. Okay, He didn't hide. He put himself out there defensively. He was good. You know, for, was it the second or third goal where he wins the ball high up? You know, he did everything he needed to do. And don't get me wrong, you've all, everybody's heard me slagging down Ozil on the show. Everybody's heard it. I don't mind giving it in both barrels. But at the moment... He screamed out. It screamed out what we've been missing in this team. 
at, at times, not constantly, at times, in his performance, it screamed out to him. And when you look at, I know he was replaced by Matteo Gunduzi, when you look at um, Ceballos' contribution, in comparison to Mesut Ozil's, you're talking champagne and dishwater. Okay? I've, I've heard this guy, you know, Ceballos came into this side, oh, he's this, he's that, he's said one good game is fucking Burnley. Okay? He has flattered to deceive ever since. Played well against Standard Liège. Did okay coming on against Spurs. But, you, you know, we're, we're hyping up players who don't do anything when it counts. And Sheffield United against Palace, okay? You know, they don't deliver. I know? And to be fair to Mesut Ozil, yes, he's, he's somebody who divides opinion at the moment. But every slagging him off, he's not been given an opportunity. And when he has been given the opportunity, he's performed well. End of story. So, you know, I, th- I think it's about time. You know, who's going to last longer at this club? It's going to be Mesut Ozil, not Unai Emery. Because at least somebody's, you know, having a go. Yeah, do you think that what we've seen from this performance as well is also a bit on... You know what has been said before the matches about the way that Unai and it was a source from the board as well and Mertesacker all saying that Ozil needed to up his game. I can't remember seeing Meza Ozil putting in a pressing performance that he did this evening in games previous. I, see, I, thought I think that's down into the team, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I you, agree with you, Jason. You in, in ones, do you? And Unai hasn't exactly had a pressing, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, he hasn't had an agenda of pressing. That's not been a tactic we've used at all. And when you look at it, you know, actual competitive starts, what are there, three or four this season? So, I mean, I, look, I, I think some of, the, some of the narrative from the likes of Raul, Unai and... Um, uh, uh, you know, some of it will be kosher. Some of it will be, yeah, that's what we believe. Some of it will be towing the company line as well. You know, there, there's a grey area in between everything that, that's going to be the actual truth. Um, how this develops is going to be interesting, you know? And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, let's talk about a man who I think pressed incredibly well from the front, Carl, and scored two of our goals, unfortunately gave away a penalty as well. That young Brazilian man that is now being uh, nicknamed Gabby Gold by the Arsenal uh, Twitter, what do you reckon to Martinelli's performance this evening? Can't fault him. You can't fault him. You can go up to Anfield and, like Jason said, you can only play what's in front of you. You can go up to Anfield and score two goals. Uh, you're doing something right. The guy literally is scoring loads and loads of goals. He's playing well. He's up and down the pitch. The fact that he conceded a penalty just shows how much he runs because our striker was in our opposition box trying to defend. For me, that just shows, you know, yes, he conceded a penalty and, you know, whether it was a a dive or not, it was, but... um, he just shows how much he gets up and down the pitch. He's, for me, he is 
getting to be possibly our number two striker rather than our number three. Um, and I think that Lacazette will have to start looking over his shoulder uh, at um, at Martinelli because he is brilliant. And I think he's probably pushing maybe for a league start soon because he can't just have cup games. Uh, we're out of the um, League Cup now, so you're only going to play him in the um, in Europa, and then we haven't got um, we haven't got FA Cup until January. So for me, Martinelli is definitely getting to be our number two striker, and I know, like I said, always will be because of the partnership that he has with Abama Young. But you got to give him praise. He's, what's he got? Seven goals this season now. He's got more goals than Marcus Rashford, and Marcus Rashford's meant to be the next coming of uh, Andy Cole. So, um, nah, credit where credit's due. Absolutely brilliant from Martinelli today. Jace, what did you reckon to Martinelli's performance? Are you on board with Carl that he's now like our second choice striker, or do you think he's still a young guy? I still think he's a young guy. You still think we need to manage him properly, okay? Um, I think, you know, look, when you look at Willock, Saka, AMN, Gwendouzi, um, uh, you know, uh, Emile Smith-Rowe, all these guys, Martinelli, this is part of a learning process for them all, okay? Um, you know, the, you, you've just got to leave them develop properly. You know, you, you play them when you think the time is right. I, th- I think I think the boy Martinelli's been sensational. Absolutely sensational. I, you know, his bravery, his footballing intelligence, his effort, everything about him smacks of delivering, delivering, delivering. You know, he plays a no fear, he has a go. Um, and his intelligence off the ball is excellent. I know he gave away a penalty tonight. The, the lad bought that penalty. Okay. He went over like he'd been shot. Do you know what I mean? It, it was a bit like Carl going over there. Do you know what I mean? Straight over like that. <laughs> um, but I just think, you know, he, he's such a fantastic talent. When you talk about somebody who's come in and actually delivered on a regular basis, this boy's done it. Um, I, 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 I'd sign him to a new contract here and now, okay? And see how he develops. But they're going to have to start giving him Premier League minutes, you know? 10 year 15 there um and you know he's gonna have to start all europa league games on fa cup when they come around they're just gonna have to do it because he's somebody who looks like he's ready to be developed quicker than everybody else do you know what i mean you know but you've got to bear in mind he's still a young lad he's gonna he's gonna fall off a cliff at some point do you know what i mean there's gonna be a dip in form and we've just got to manage that correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so that's the end of the game. Uh, before we move on to questions, not sure who's going to read those out yet, but what I am going to do is go into the chat box. But what I might do is, much like he entered, like I'd probably say like The Undertaker coming in and WWE, uh, he needs some entrance music, really. But, Jace, do your thing. We're at 2.20 and I've got 90 ups and one down. 
Do you know what? Okay, I see people in this chat box, okay? There's been some really interesting stuff said in there today. I was part of the chat box earlier on. I was quite enjoying it. There's the odd one or two were a bit divvy, but there you go. It's just the way it is. But 95 likes. 95 likes. We've just gone through, okay, a five-all game on Anfield. We've gone down to penalties, okay? We've let ourselves down on penalties. And you think 95 likes is all right? You think that's acceptable? Who do you think you are? Unai Emery subbing off Bezard Ozil after 50 minutes? You know, Kayan Jackson's all the way from Jamaica in that box. Now give some bloody likes, okay? And get us up to 140, please. Because this is not gone. It's not on. You don't go up to Anfield, score five goals and fucking lose. No, you win. So be winners and start tapping that like button. Come on, let's get going. Thank you very much. Tappy tappy. Back to you, Josh. Cheers, Jace. Uh, I think that's kind of got the message over, people. If not, <laughs> thumbs down. Yeah, and we'll see, how, we'll see what that means. Right, Carl, do you want to hit us with some questions? Yes. Sorry, I'm muting myself. Uh, first one's from uh, John Bernstein, and he says, uh, what's wrong with Martinelli? Why can't, why can't he ever get a third goal? Um... Josh, take that. Why can't Marcelini ever get his hat-trick? Oh, he's only young, right? I'm just going to be happy he's getting braces every so often. Uh, I think it will come. Let's put it that way. He can't get a hat-trick every week. Otherwise, Real Madrid or Barcelona will pinch him off us. So, let's keep it keep it level for the moment. All right. Uh, Jason, <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Junior Gunner. It says, uh, it says a lot that Liverpool didn't care for this much. Couldn't care for this match. Uh, Klopp was grinning through 90 minutes when his team were 2-1 down. Uh, it's a damning indictment that Liverpool, 17-year-olds, um, and we bottled it. What are your thoughts? Do you think we bottled it? Well, we know we bottled it today. Is there a reason why we bottled it today? Yeah, there's a whole host of reasons, isn't there? You know, look, I remember when Arsene used to put the kids out for this um, uh, game, you know, it, it, we were taking the mick out of everybody else. They're in a strong position. Their uh, focus is the league. It's as simple as that. Their focus is winning the Premier League this season. This is a bonus. As far as um, Klopp's concerned, he's seeing Rian Brewster getting minutes. He's seeing the boy Thomas getting minutes. Is it Thomas? Uh, you know, he's seeing Joe Gomez getting minutes. It's win-win for him, okay? He's top of the league. He's six points clear. He's got lovely new teeth. So is Unai, by the way. But, you know, he, he it's all gravy for him, OK? He's seeing a good game of football and he's seeing players develop. So he's got nothing to kind of... Not, not he's got nothing to worry about, OK? As long as everybody comes an injury-free, he wins today. As for Unai, Unai's under pressure. You could hear beginning the match, the Mesut Ozil songs being sung. That's like, from the, from all the fans, that's a great big fuck you, Unai. And he knows it. He's under pressure. You could see the difference on the benches. One bench is smiling, enjoying the game. The other one, it's a big deal, okay? It's just a build-up of pressure at the moment. And unfortunately... Unai's either got to turn the ship around or the pressure's going to build and get too much for him. It's as simple as that. Okay. Uh, 
Julian Summerwatt says, uh, your opinion on Vieira as our next manager, Josh? Uh, yes, works for me. Fuck to be God. honest, uh, I'd be happy with Vieira as our next manager. City wanted him. You know, they were uh, buttering him up. They had him at, his, at one of their sister clubs. He's now at Nice doing an all right job. I mean, the only thing that goes against him is our current manager came straight from the Farmers League. So that could only be uh, maybe a bit of a warning sign. Didn't his team, Nice, lose to a Division 2 team today? I want to say. Uh, Potentially. They lost that 3-1 or something like that. There's always some odd results in the French League. That's what I will say. Because they have to go... Or the French Cup. Because the uh, bigger side have to go to... They have to play away. Uh, so a bit like what we had to today. You know, we've always got to go to the smaller clubs. Yeah. For, for our fixtures. 15th in the Farmers League. They haven't got to win in the last five in the league. You know, they're struggling a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. Let's be honest, it's the Farmers League. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's more the, the name that sells it rather than necessarily... I mean, he looks to be a good manager. I'll look, give him that. Let's be fair, okay? He, 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 you know, he's still new to management. It's his second job, okay? City wanted him for his name, okay? That kind of gave them more gravitas on, 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 their, on, on, on their project, if you know what I mean. You know, how, you know, you never know. He could come in. They could give him the Arsenal job, and all of a sudden... He, it's a perfect fit and he, he flies away with it. Or it could be a disaster. It's really difficult, isn't it? You know, you, there are no certainties in this life and, or, or in football. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's, I think there's a bit too much. I think at times there's a bit too much kudos given to sort of ex Yeah, is it, is, it, is it sentiment as well? Like, yeah. Thinking that, like, because as much as Henri was for me a a legend, I wouldn't have anywhere Henri anywhere near us being our manager, not at all. Like, he, he didn't prove it in France with Monaco. Um, and I'm not saying that's the be or an end all. I'm not saying that's the only thing that uh, you've got to base it on. But I just would. I think Arsenal is a big job, and for him to go from being a coach with Belgium to go to manage Monaco, the failing, and then come to do the Arsenal job, I don't think that's going to be very good. No, I don't think Henri should be anywhere near a management position. But I think Wenger said that as well, that Henri's a great coach, but he's not a good people person. So he lacks that kind of managerial skill. And I think it's one of those, it's, it's not always, you know, strikers don't always make the best managers. You know, if you go through the division, how many of the current managers played as strikers? A lot of them are midfielders. There's a couple of goalkeepers in there defenders. in terms of ex-players. Yeah, and defenders. It's very rarely that you see a striker be a decent manager. It's difficult as well when you look at how talented he was as a player. You know, to some, to, for some players, it came very easy. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, it, it's like... You, you look at the likes of Bergkamp, I think he's kind of got the coaching side right. You know, it's exactly the same for these the young players we got at the moment. It's for legends going into coaching and management. 
they've got to build up the minutes, they've got to build up the body of work. Do you know what I mean? They've got to earn the experiences that are going to help them become effective coaches, stroke managers. You know, it's it's a long road, you know. Not often somebody takes to it like a, a duck to water, you know. Yeah, so, so Carl, a lot of people in the, I'm just reading the chat box at the same time, they're saying that, you know, a lot of people are happy to have Freddie take over as manager for the end of the season. I don't ask why. But, uh, question, yeah. ask, what's he, what has he done that proves that he would be a good fit? Because he's a legend, because he's worked with the under-23s. Like, did he win the under-23s league? Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't yeah. win the under-23s league did, last season, did he? Yeah, I think they did, didn't they? No. Uh, Bright- um, Brighton won yeah. the league two. Brighton won it. Yeah. Sorry. So... Well, what, what, so again, there's a question that asks. Like, it would be a shout, but it could be you could it could go two ways. It could go the maybe the only kind of social way, or it could go the the Frank Lampard way, or um, what Stephen Gerrard's doing in um, up in Scotland. But again, Scotland is a two. It's worse than the French league, so. It's hard. It's very hard. You've got to take a chance on the manager and whether you're never going to find a perfect fit. Uh, we was blessed with finding Arsene Wenger and having him for so long and maybe he stayed there a little bit too long. Um, probably the the perfect phrase of um, he, was just, he was just there too long, unfortunately. But I don't know. I just don't think United works for us and something's got to change. Whether it will change, uh, who knows? No one knows with this board. I don't, I can't, I want him to be go. Whether he's going to go before Christmas, who knows? This result might seal it. I think the, the Xhaka thing might again fake because the fact that Xhaka hasn't apologised yet, whether he's got anything to apologise for is a whole other subject I'm probably talking about on the podcast rather than this uh, for him, but I'm sorry, but yeah. why the fuck should Jacques Grand Jacques apologize? You don't why? think you should apologize at all? No, no. I've got to be honest with you. Look, I, 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 I may have a similar temperament to Grand Jacques today, but after all the abuses that I put up with, are those people who've jeered him and booed him going to apologize to him? No, they're fucking not. Okay, move on, get on with it. Okay, they're either going to sell him or he's going to stay. But would I bollocks apologise to anybody for that show of shit that's all on Sunday? I I agree with you, Jess. If I was going to make any statement, I'd come out and reiterate exactly what I said when I came off the pitch to make it absolutely (laughs) clear. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, okay? When, you know, we we get all these people, oh, I want my captain to stand up for the club to do this, to do that. He's getting jeered. What's he supposed to do? He's put up with some dog shit abuse from people. Okay? Don't tell me that doesn't take its toll on you. And maybe he should behave a little better, but he's behaved the way he has. Okay? I know. And he turned around and said, well, fuck you. And do you know what? Every single person who booed him deserves that. Fuck you, okay? And the manager deserves it as well. He can go fuck himself. I know. Because he's been sold on the river. He's been hung out to dry, 
right up. And whatever you want to say about Granit Xhaka, okay, at least he stands in on the pitch and shows up. He may have had a tough season, but there's there's other people who get away with it on a regular basis. But no, we're going to target Mustafi. We're going to target Granit Xhaka. We're going to target the people we want to target. And it's fucking embarrassing and it's fucking wrong, okay? And everybody can go fuck themselves. I hope Jason, that's clear. Jason reiterates in the words of uh, Granite there. Um, I <laughs> think a little bit different. I just think that in a place of work, uh, no matter how much abuse you get, and, you know, Jason, if you're at work and you're getting abused, like, are you going to go tell a customer to go fuck themselves? Technically, you're not going to, are you? Because you know that... If you did, oh, then there's consequences, oh. right? Yes, I'm oh. very sure you probably do, Jason. But a normal can, person. Can I? <laughs> can I also just say that Carl has just referred to fans as customers? But they are. There we go. You're the problem. You're the problem. They are. They they technically are. They go to a game. They pay money to go yeah. to a game. They're a customer of Arsenal. You you look at the way that club is set up. We're in there watching the Burnley game, okay? You are a fucking customer nowadays. You're not a fan anymore. You're a customer. And I don't know many of the jobs where you get 60,000 people having a pop at you. I remember watching Aaron Ramsey getting booed. Okay. I remember watching Boué getting booed. And my heart just sank for these guys. And don't get me wrong, we all get caught up in silliness now and again. You know, I'm sure most of the people booing them think, oh, I wish I'd have done that now. I'm sure they do, Okay. You know, it's human nature to get caught up in it now and again. But sometimes, okay, there's, sometimes it's right to apologise and other times it's right to just say, actually, no, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not, I don't need to put up with that. You saw this. You know, I see people saying, oh, Torreira's got to toughen up. Are you joking? Are you absolutely winding me up? You're seeing the abuse of one guy by 60,000 people, okay, and now somebody else has got to toughen up because he's got a, he's got an iota of humanity in him. I, I, I'm sorry, I just, I think, you know, we, we, we don't like snowflakes anymore, Panny. We've got to toughen up. When a guy has stood there until 60,000 people have got to fuck themselves, if they, th- if, you, if, you, they th- if, you, if they think they can treat him like that, and I take my heart off to him, you know, I take my hat off to him because he stood up for himself. And you, you can turn around, you, you can disagree with me, and you're not wrong in disagreeing with me. You're not wrong, okay? I, I just think, from my perspective, I, you know, I'm not going. I won't be spoken to like that. You know, I won't. And, and, and I'm sorry, I don't think he deserves that. You know, you see Ian Wright giving it large, okay, on the TV. I remember him arguing at the window, probably arguing with Arsenal fans. You know, I'm fairly sure there was some there was some dodgy words said there. Every, there's a lot of people who've got a history of doing stuff like this. Okay? You know, why, why put up with it? Yeah. I, I, I agree and I don't agree at the same time. I agree yeah. that he shouldn't have to take the abuse 100%. Why should he? He shouldn't have to. No one should. Uh, especially what he's done through. However, I still think that there are... Uh, I don't think that he... 
he helped himself by doing all the cupping of the ears and doing all the, the gestures that I don't agree with. The, you know, and when you're doing that, you kind of bring on to yourself. So then, do you know what I mean? It's six to one, yeah. half dozen the other. There's two sides to the story. Nobody's coming up to this smelling at all. No, hell no. No one's coming up. It's really okay. nice. But, but I, I think now and again, okay, even though you, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not saying he's, he's 100% right. You know, I do think he could have handled it better. Of course I do. But sometimes the bow breaks. He's been abused with his wife and kid in the car. You know, he's taken all the online abuse. This is a buildup of nonsense. Okay, and it's every snidey little fucking comment which adds to it. It's like the Mustafi business. It's every snide. Oh, it's Mustafi. What do you expect? You know, it's every snidey fucking comment that adds to this. And don't get me wrong, none of us are in this internet. I include myself in that. Okay, none of us are in this this. And yet, you know, it builds up to something like that. And now and again, good for you. I think. I think good for him. Because he stood up in front of all those people and he said, oh, fuck off. I don't need your shit. Fuck off. Club's still going to pay him. What's the problem? Yeah. Um, yeah. One more question and then we wrap this up. Uh, and I will ask um, Michael Hanneman's question. So it looks like we're offering counseling to Shaka. The club should be offering counseling to the fans putting up with this player any longer. All right, we'll, we'll brush over that because we've already spoken about this. So <laughs> I, didn't read, I, didn't, I didn't read it properly. So I will ask you one question, uh, both of you, and I don't carpenter it. It's a one-word answer. Do you think Unai will be the Arsenal manager come Christmas? Uh, Josh? Yes. Jason? No. Okay, Josh, take it away. Cool. Let's finish this off. Uh, big thank you to all three of my guests this evening. So I nearly said four, but uh, I was including myself in that, and I can't thank myself. Uh, I'll do that later in the privacy of my own home. Uh, Carl, thank you very much for lasting the whole show. Uh, it's yes. been great to have you on. Uh, it's been good. The result wasn't... The game actually was very good. Uh, the result wasn't so good. So, you know, it was enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Jace, thank you very much for stepping into the ring, uh, coming great. in. And uh, it was great. Great to have you in on board. Anything for you, Pat. Absolutely. And finally, I will say a thank you to Ellis, although he was only brief when he joined us. And I will add, uh, I did promise where I'd mention where our donations will be going this month. And Ellis is a very personal person. Is He is heading up, or should I say, moustaching up, uh, our Movember appeal for this month uh, with, I believe, well, me, I'm doing it. If anybody can see my first ever bot of shaving gel because I've never had a wet shave ever. I'll be doing that tomorrow and everybody gets to see the pasty part of my bottom half of my face. Uh, I believe Jason Schrader is doing it and Danny will also be doing it. Fortunately, uh, I think most of us aren't near allowed near playgrounds anyway. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, as you say, all donations for the month of November slash Movember will be going towards that. And if anybody you know, 
know us well from the pod will know there's a couple of causes, especially close to our hearts for this year and why it makes it especially special that we're doing this as well. I know, Jace, if you could grow facial hair, you'd be on board with this as well. You can just pencil one in. Honestly, I look like a chemo survivor, okay? (laughs) It's just terrible. (laughs) You know, but I'm looking forward to seeing... Fucking hell, Jace. Well, don't worry. (laughs) I'll tell you off air. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you off air about that one. (laughs) Danny, cut that one out. (laughs) The thing is, okay, you know, it's... um, I'm looking forward to seeing the bastard love child, okay, of Saddam Hussein and Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that because Elle looks good with the beard and the, and the stash. I, I asked him on Facebook the other day, you know, oh, yeah, I, you know, somebody said he looked like, I can't remember who it was, and I said, and you know that app he was doing? Which yes. shows what you look, what you look like, the celebrities you look like. I said to him, I'm surprised it didn't come up with Saddam Hussein or Freddie Mercury. And somewhere underneath, Maggie Glass says, "Put oh, you're a very handsome boy. Yeah, let's ignore that, you know." <laughs> and listen, and and his girlfriend were laughing about it. I said, "Ella, I think I'm upset." Maggie Glass says, "Oh, that's my nan." On that note, we will also be putting out the uh, link for our group November page as well. Uh, that will go out as well shortly, and we will be pushing it all month uh our next appearance i think will be a podcast this week at some point i don't know who's on yeah i assume it's tomorrow yeah no idea who's on it uh it will be a surprise for all of us other than danny who will probably be there chris carton is on um and there's two surprise guests and i can't remember who they are that's all right jace can you fill us in with who's in the wolves game though Fuck, it's me and Danny at the moment. Okay. It's just me right. and Danny at the moment. There we go. I will be there with Fifey. Ooh. Oh, yeah, no, you bitch. Right. Oh. Uh, as Danny's not here, I'm going to have to tell myself to turn this shit off because it's descended into nonsense. So thank you all, everybody. We've been at Burkett Wonderland. Good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. <laughs>